So I found that to be kind of interesting. And the reason why I mentioned that is because we've talked before about the economics of scale when it comes to these like distributed, what, like retailers, I guess is what you'll call it. In practice, it sounds like, oh, it's you lower your operational costs by not having storefronts and doing everything online and do everything at scale. But in reality, there's still gonna be people living in higher cost of living areas that you have to pay more. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarian. Hey Jeff, how do we look fly on the cheap? We thrift. Or buy stuff online. <laughs> uh, today's show, we're talking about Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one, Jeff, uh, mostly because you've been harassing me with uh, referral codes because I can get a, a deal from your recent subscription Looking to uh, Stitch Fix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Please, please fix. Please help. But yeah, Stitch Fix is a shopping service that helps provide you highly curated fashion right to your door. So all online, you don't have to leave your home. So Jeff, I'll actually flip our traditional script on its head and actually just ask you about what was your recent experience like with Stitch Fix? Yeah, so I'd heard about it a couple of times and I usually do my own shopping, but was kind of curious about what the experience was like. If I had a second opinion on like what types of clothes I'd wear, you know, what would I get? Um, so I thought it was pretty interesting. So basically the way it works is you sign up and then they ask you a couple questions about what do you feel like your style is? What kind of clothes do you like to wear? How do clothes generally fit on you? What do you like to spend for certain types of pieces? Like when you um, buy a sweater, how much money do you typically pay? Or when you buy t-shirts, how much money do you typically pay? It kind of gives them an idea of like your budget and range. And then they do a little bit of like this or that. So they'll show you like two different outfits and they'll let you kind of pick okay which one do you like more and then what happens is you get paired with a personal stylist admittedly this is a really opaque process you know i don't really know who my stylist is like i think they tell you her name or his name but you never really like meet the person or chat with them or anything it's robots jeff it, it probably is robots no I, I know for certain it's actually people but um <laughs> and then what happens is they put together based on your recommendations and what you're looking for they put together um what's called a fix and a fix is like roughly like five to six items in a box anything from shoes to t-shirts, pants, shorts, outerwear, etc., whatever you're looking for. And they basically put this like six item box together and they give you a preview. And you get one opportunity to kind of review the preview and say, I'm going to keep these things and I want you to kind of go back and scrap the other things I didn't choose and maybe pick a couple other things. You don't get to do this indefinitely, but you get to give input on the box once. It's probably so that you can kind of just move forward and uh, not spend forever just trying to curate the perfect box because then otherwise what's the point? And then they'll right. ship this box to you with all the stuff right to your door, which is really nice. So you get all these clothing items. You get to try everything on. Anything you keep, they'll charge you for. And anything that you return back, you'll just put it in their prepackaged box that they send you. Or I think in my case, it was just like a bag. And then you just drop it off at USPS or whatever service that they partner with. The only caveat is that if you don't buy anything, they'll charge you a $20 styling fee essentially and that goes towards your purchase price if you do choose to keep any singular item so in my case i kept two items so that 20 dollars just went towards the cost of those two items uh, but if you choose to keep everything in a stitch fix uh, you get 20 percent off so there is some incentive to keeping everything that's kind of in your box in my case like it wasn't really worth it for me i didn't really love a couple of the pieces but 
You do get this kind of like semi-personalized card from uh, your stylist. It says like, hey, I'm glad to be working with you. I noticed you asked about these brands, but we actually don't carry them on Stitch Fix. You know, hopefully they will in the future. So that was kind of nice. That was like the only touch of totally. real personalization I got from this person. But otherwise, yeah, I didn't know who the person was. Uh, and then, yeah, you just pack up the stuff and send it back. And then you can schedule the fixes as frequently as you like. So right now I have them scheduled for every two months. You can delay or push uh, the fixes up if you'd like. And I think you can also choose a new stylist if your stylist isn't working out. Again, I don't really know too much about my stylist. I know that I've picked a couple pieces that Mm -hmm. um, she's recommended to me that I really like. But otherwise, I haven't gotten a clear enough picture to say I do or don't like this stylist compared to somebody else. But um, yeah, that's Stitch Fix in a nutshell. Yeah, that's super helpful for me because I've never you know, use Stitch Fix, obviously. And it's it's cool to see like an under the hood, you know, real like, user yeah. experience, customer experience from you. A couple questions about it is, you know, what brands were you looking for that they didn't have? Yeah, so I was looking for like, I guess like higher end designer brands, like streetwear brands and things like that. So they have a list of partner companies that they work with. I think a lot of it's like J. Crew and Banana Republic and Nike and Adidas, and they have their own brands in house as well. I think it's like, good threads or something like that they, they basically have a couple in-house fashion houses that they they kind of use and then they just don't partner with everybody right so i think that's a thing so if you're looking for any specific items they may or may not have them but if you're like brand agnostic and you're just looking for styles uh the stylist might do a pretty good job of helping you pick out something that can kind of meet your needs so i got this pretty cool like henley hoodie that was really <laughs> nice i got a like a long sleeve shirt that was like really soft and um my problem with like long sleeve shirts or pretty much any t-shirts is like they sometimes don't fit really well around the shoulders and they're a little tight around the waist and or vice versa they're like super loose throughout um in this case it was like really well fitted throughout the shoulders but then like kind of loose around the waist so it's just kind of an easy fitting long sleeve shirt that i can kind of wear whatever especially now that it's getting cold i was looking for maybe like another pair of like shoes um and they sent me like their in-house brand of shoes that i had had like very similar pairs of so i sent that back there was like a pair of like brown, I call them like jeans. I, I guess I'm not sure what they were, but I didn't really love them. The fit wasn't great. And then I was actually looking for flannel, like a lighter flannel, but they sent me this like really thick flannel, like wool line <laughs> flannel. And it's kind of this weird like yellow green pattern that I just didn't really love either. So yeah, a couple of hits, a couple of misses. I think that's kind of what you expect when you're getting stuff totally. sent to you by a stylist. And the nice thing is that there's no pressure to keep everything, but um, you know there is like this $20 fee that's kind of looming over you um if you gotta keep something if you you yeah don't choose to keep something right no totally that makes sense and so is it like outfit based like is each fix like a full outfit that you can wear or is it do you get to pick and choose like hey like i actually just want a bunch of new t-shirts yeah so it's not necessarily outfit based i think that like some stylists will actually look at your history and what they've recommended you before and say like oh i know that i've gotten you this hoodie and there's this set I do know they also do this thing where they have like outfit sets that you can buy on Stitch Fix. So you can choose like, I want to purchase this entire outfit um, and you can do that ad hoc. You don't have to even go through a stylist. It's kind of like a pick your own kind of thing. Um, oh, and cool. you can buy like a la carte. So you can kind of do a little bit of both. Um, I've heard feedback before that sometimes a stylist will like recommend a similar item a second time. So like I heard that like, oh, if you get like a little black dress, like... Uh, you might get like a second little black dress another time because they forgot that they've recommended you one before or you've you've purchased one. So that's kind of like something that could be done better in the product. But what's really difficult here is that Stitch Fix probably has some sort of like internal recommendation engine that they use and making sure that there's good data hygiene and that they're recommending the right things and the inventory is 
tagged and cataloged appropriately. That stuff's like really hard to do, especially with something like style. So like, how do you know that this gray hoodie is more like a sport <laughs> hoodie versus like more like a athleisure hoodie versus more like a, I don't know, like that's, that's kind of hard to tell. Right. So totally. I, I think that's where it gets a little bit difficult for someone like a stylist and to like keep track of all the people that they've served, all the clients that they've helped in the past. Um, but yeah, Jeff I, does not like little black dresses. Yeah, <laughs> I've had, stop sending me little black dresses, please. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I think overall, like a really cool idea. I think like over time, there's some room for expansion in terms of allowing them to curate outfits with the pieces that you have. And as you can imagine, like you can go pretty crazy with this. Like if they knew everything that was in your closet, maybe it's the service isn't so much that they'll buy you new pieces, but they'll help you like put pieces together. But yeah, hmm. just kind of like thinking outside the box here. But I think it's a really cool idea. I mean, I, I'm going to maybe do a couple other fixes and see what I get out of them. I really like the the couple pieces I got the first time and we'll just see how things go. But it's just kind of nice. Like I think that throughout COVID, I hadn't really done too much clothes shopping because, you know, we've been working from home and... <laughs> right. No need to, man. Yeah. And everything that I've been buying has been like super casual. Uh, so I was Co- just kind of... Costco sweat- sweaties. Yeah, you know, a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was just thinking like, you know, it'd be kind of nice to buy some nice pieces um, that I can kind of wear out, you know, even if they're like semi-casual now that we're not necessarily opening up fully but you know now that people are going back to work with masks on and you know meeting for happy hour and stuff like that for sure and then omicron's gonna take all of that and you know <laughs> yeah exactly. take it all back away yeah, and i'll be buying you know costco hoodies again <laughs> <laughs> exactly all, all the money you save will, will be well spent for your future fixes no i mean i really like this idea i know that i previously dressed like a slob in college and it wasn't until I got my first paycheck when I started like going to like reddit r slash male fashion advice mm-hmm. where I first finally started getting into fashion and dressing myself like a you know appropriate adult. young adult yeah. so <laughs> exactly not just uh baggy shorts and t-shirts all the time so no I-, I love that man um so it sounds like stitch Fix's business model too is just like they're trying to be a retailer that offers like a you know, base level of service of personal personalizing your specific style. But the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like the economics are like, Hey, we have like a base fee that we need to hit of $20. Mm-hmm. And then it's obviously going to scale up as you sell more and more pieces. Yeah. So they make money on the service. They make money on probably offering other people's inventory like Nike and Adidas and J crew and all their partners. And they also make um, money on their own in-house brands, which they obviously, you know, can, you know, create the Fat pieces. Margins, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Like create the pieces um, at at cost and turn around and sell them for for some incredible margin. Yeah, let's talk about how this came to be. So originally it was called Rack Habit, which I think is a terrible name, by the way. And it was founded in 2011 by Katrina Lake and Aaron Morrison Flynn. Originally, the idea was born out of um, Lake's apartment in Cambridge, Massachusetts. You know, that's funny because like I haven't heard of a lot of like apartment or garage startup stories anymore. Um, I think yep. the last one we talked about was probably the Airbnb one where people put actual air mattresses in a living room. But <laughs> so it's kind of cool to kind of um, have another one pop up on our show. Originally, it had catered to women only, but expanded to men, plus sizes, maternity wear, etc. And include kids clothing and stuff like that, um, which is great because I know that like other similar type products that we've talked about before, like ThreadUp, they offer some services to certain demographics and not others so it's kind of nice to kind of have it all in one place for sure um in 2014 three short years after starting the idea they became profitable which is pretty incredible especially for any startup in 2016 they had 730 million dollars in sales in 2017 they had raised 42 million dollars and went public and as of 2019 they had 8,000 employees including 51 
100 stylists and more than 100 data scientists, which is pretty insane. Like, as I mentioned before, the data part is really important. And for sure, um, it's pretty incredible that they have uh, spent a lot it's like of like 60% on, of their business. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Like spent a lot of resourcing on, on the data part of it. Due to COVID, they had laid off about 18% of their workforce or about 1400 employees. And most of them were remote workers in California. I found this to be really interesting because I wonder why they need to lay off their workforce if they're already remote. I wonder if it's just because people were buying less clothes because online shopping did go up. So mm -hmm. I'm really curious about why this needed to happen. It's not like they were like a physical storefront or anything. They were, you know, they should have been poised to grow during COVID instead of kind of shrink. Maybe it was just the industry, though. I mean, to your point that we were talking about earlier, yeah. it's like, you know, we're just been wearing hoodies all day. It's exactly. like, what's your, what's your stitch fix today? Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, oh, it's another hoodie. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like The California remote workers, I guess any of the employees that were laid off, were given an option to remain at the company if they relocated. And then they eventually announced that they'd uh, hire 2,000 stylists in lower cost of living areas like Austin, Cleveland, Dallas, Minneapolis, and Pittsburgh. So I found that to be kind of interesting. And the reason why I mentioned that is because We've talked before about the economics of scale when it comes to these like distributed what, like retailers, I guess is what you'll call it. In practice, it sounds like, oh, it's you lower your operational costs by not having storefronts and doing everything online mm -hmm. and do everything at scale. But in reality, there's still going to be people living in higher cost of living areas that you have to pay more. So, you know, in this case, they're asking people to kind of move around. So on one end, you're having customers be able to buy pieces anywhere and ship pieces anywhere. And that's kind of this distributed model. But on the other side of the coin where they're running the business, you're asking people to live in certain concentrated areas. So it's kind of this like asymmetrical, like supply and demand thing happening in terms of talent and then like the customer base, which I find like really, really interesting. And I'm sure that this pattern is going to repeat for other uh, companies that, you know, sell things in a distributed manner as well. Yeah, no, for sure. It feels like robbing Peter to pay Paul or moving your money from your left yeah. pocket to your right pocket is like, are we going to have high fixed costs via stores? Are we going to have high fixed costs via like a super talented, yeah, concentrated personnel. California West Coast mm -hmm. <laughs> office? Yeah. And also, as a side note, I don't know how Austin is considered low cost of living. Yeah, but... I was really confused about that <laughs> on the list as well. But <laughs> For sure. We talk about who Stitch Fix is for. So it's just like, you know, Jeff, it's for people looking to stay on top of trends and look really fresh and or peer pressure where they're going to work <laughs> events and then they got to look fly. But it's definitely a, a growing market. I actually did not know that Stitch Fix was public. So uh, I was happy to find a lot of transparent data from their 10K statements. So in terms of revenue, they had $2.1 billion in revenue, which, you know, initially I looked at that. I'm like, hey, that's a huge transaction number. But they are essentially just reselling clothing. They're a retailer. So I imagine the margin, margins have to go down for actual income that they're that they're taking in. So that's got to be like, you know just throwing out numbers there it's make 10 to 20 percent margin in in any kind of retail so that's like 200 million dollars of actual income they're able to take but anyways they're seeing a lot of growth throughout covid i mean jeff to your point people are starting to uh, go out in public again and mm -hmm. start to fashion is becoming more important so uh, in Q4 of 2021, they actually delivered $571 million in net revenue. So that reflected 29% year-over-year growth. So definitely growing, but I'm curious to see what 2019 and 2018 and 2017 and so on was yeah. because maybe it was just a dip and they're just back up to their normal sales growth because I think COVID it just was a weird year of 2020 yeah, and 2021. Exactly. But what I, I do think is a, an important metric is just looking at the sheer number of active clients. So they state that they have 4.2 million active clients uh, that grew 18% year over year. So 
that's definitely a healthy trend to have more people coming to your platform. And then I think with the balance of if you're growing a user base, you want to make sure that those customers are still just as profitable or just they're spending just as much money. You don't want to have, you know, low quality customers that are coming through and their net revenue per active client is actually increasing as well. So I think it was about 4% increase up to $505 per client. So Jeff, get ready to spend $400 more or $300 more. <laughs> I don't know how much you spent on like, your, your, your last fix, but you definitely have a little bit more coming. So yeah, I think Stitch Fix is like really well positioned for just capturing all this data for you know what fashion trends are. And I'm sure there's some sort of flywheel there that they can just looking at other products that they could potentially create is, you know, maybe sending a data pipeline back to J. Crew or back to Nike mm-hmm. or back to whomever to say, yeah. hey, like this is what's actually selling. This is what your customers want. This is these are what these are what the trends are. This is what our returns are. So it's really interesting from that standpoint where they have that personalized data that they're collecting. And I actually wouldn't be surprised to see a company like J. Crew or a company like a traditional like Banana Republic or Gap or whomever actually come out with their own subscriptions like service like this because I think that this is a way for uh, you know all these people to get more or all these retail or not retailers but fashion makers to get really good data but maybe they'll just go the Stitch Fix route so I'll be curious to see how this this plays out yeah and I think that there's other folks kind of jumping into the space as well so there's Trunk Club there's Wannable and Prime Wardrobe from Amazon. I think the the premise of this is that traditionally stylists have been kind of like a higher cost barrier of entry thing. Like if you are a wealthier person, you have like a personalized stylist or personal shopper and they can go around and find the latest trends and pick things for you and uh, and like put put outfits together. And they really make it pretty accessible. I mean, like here, $20 for a stylist to put together an outfit or a couple outfits is really like pretty reasonable. I won't say that everyone can afford that. And it's like an easy thing to do. It's definitely a nice luxury, but it's way cheaper than paying, you know, traditional stylist fees that could probably run up in the hundreds of dollars because those people are selling, you know, high tier premium type of, of brands. So I think like the, like the Patagucci's of the world. <laughs> exactly. The Patagucci's <laughs> of the world, all, all the major designer and, and fashion houses. I think that that's like a really interesting thing. And I think that a lot of these other competitors are trying to tackle that similar space. Like people want to look good, even on the, I guess, like cheaper end of the, the fashion um, spectrum, they still want to be able to find things that fit their style and uh, even if it's not like, you know, Gucci or Fendi or Prada or whatever, they still want somebody to kind of help them out and help them kind of figure out what to wear and what, what outfits are are in vogue and stuff like that. So I think that that's where there's a really big need here. And I, I'm really interested to see how Stitch Fix is going to grow over time as more and more people decide, you know, they can use a little bit of help to um, pick out some pieces. I am happy to jump into my thoughts about Stitch Fix because I just used it recently. I think overall, like, it's a pretty cool service. I mean, I was able to find some pieces that I ended up really liking that I never really would have considered buying or would have just spent like a ton of time buying online and then, you know, trying things on and sending stuff back. Or, you know, the worst thing is like going into a physical mall and like putting on pieces and like, you know, it's... Oh man, I went to one yesterday yeah. and walked around for the first time in two years. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. Man. And I always get like frazzled because I'm like, uh, I spent like 30 minutes, like just finding my sizes and looking around and then like just collecting stuff, you know, and then bringing it to the <laughs> fitting room and then trying stuff on and be like, oh, I don't really like this. And so it's just kind of annoying because it's a lot of trial and error, but this is nice because it gets sent right to your home and your doorstep and somebody else kind of does the work for you. Someone that enjoys this a little bit more than I do. 
So overall, I think that's a really cool business model. I think where it kind of lacks is that one, you don't really get to price optimize with Stitch Fix. Their prices are their prices, right? You kind of pay whatever the sticker price is for anything. So you don't really get any good deals. Like if you had your own sense of style and knew exactly what you wanted and wanted to go around and shop, uh, you can compare stuff and maybe it's not a Nike item. Maybe there's a similar Adidas item that I don't really care brand wise about. And uh, I just like get 20% off on the Adidas thing because it's on sale. And so I just pick up the Adidas things instead. That's not something that you can really do here in Stitch Fix. So it certainly is a luxury. Like you're paying full price mm-hmm. for everything that you're getting out of the box. But, you know, they kind of counteract that with, hey, but if you buy everything, you'll get a discount sort of thing. So I don't think it's the cheapest option if you're looking to find really good deals on on apparel. But I do think the the nice thing that you're paying for and the premium that you're paying for is just having somebody think about uh, and putting together outfits and, and pieces that you can add to your collection. Yeah, overall, I'm going to give Stitch Fix like a 3.8. I think it's really good. I am curious to see if like other companies that have more data, like specifically Amazon. And like I'm curious about how they'll be able to tackle this similar problem. Because I think the issue here is that this is still a very manual process. Like Stitch Fix has a catalog and there's a human person behind like picking, looking through the catalog and picking things for me and then setting up these orders and sending them to me. But I'm wondering about how this is going to scale overall. Like we already read that they had to lay off a large portion of their workforce because it was difficult to scale that side of things. But what's going to happen when they add you know, more partners into the catalog and they start adding the Gucci's and the Patagonia's and they start having to uh, synchronize inventory. Like all that stuff's really difficult to do. So we'll see how Stitch Fix tackles that over time. But for now, I think it's a pretty good product. And I think overall it was like pretty neat to use. Yeah, just from what I've heard, because I have not yet used Stitch Fix, I'm going to rate a little bit lower just because I think I'm not the target customer for, for Stitch Fix. For context, like I like to shop with specific retailers or actually with specific brands. Like I pretty much only go to like Tentree, Marine Layer, anything at REI and then J Crew for like all my, my fancy wear. So like I have found that I've done that because I have an awkwardly shaped body, I guess. <laughs> Where like, I really, like it's just like, like, especially like my legs are just like, like thicker um, in my calves. So like, it's hard to find things like pants that fit. So I can, I just, I know like the one or two different mm-hmm. pants that will fit me and I don't want to like mess around with the time. Yeah. So like for me, like having someone try to dress me, it's like, well, you don't actually know me. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, like, let me tell you, but I do see a lot of the value in getting a subscription. Like if someone did know me and like, I could say, Hey, like only things from J crew, only pants from Levi's only X, Y, and Z. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I would definitely do that on a recurring basis. Um, to get like new outfits and if i was also able to buy like a whole like a whole outfit like that that'd be great too it's like hey like this is a uh, like fall's coming up like get your get your flannel in it's flannel season yeah so I, I definitely see the value in that in that curation but i don't think it's the the product for me unfortunately um so 3.6 out of 5 for me Cool. Well, I was excited to hear from you, Jeff. I know you uh, did most of the talking this episode, but you had the most experience with Stitch Fix, um, which <laughs> which I appreciate getting your your insight there. And you know, maybe I'll take you up on that referral code so I can get some uh, <laughs> get you some free stuff. But we'll we'll see. That's future Mike's problem. But cool. Those are our thoughts on Stitch Fix, and we'd love to hear from you, our audience. So always love hearing from our audience, be it on Twitter or our Instagram direct messages. So so thank you for reaching out to us. We love building in new content and having our audience shape that content. So uh, definitely continue to reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at Prod X Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X 
podcast yeah and if you like the show be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, etc and let us know what products we should review next see you next episode